Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama birthday cast. Right. Today is, in fact, today, not the day you're listening to it, today, the day we're recording, is Aaron's birthday. And I am so mad that I spent two hours of my birthday watching this movie. <laughs> it is my own fault. I could have done my homework ahead of time. Yeah. But I procrastinated. I, I will say I had to watch a little bit afterwards, but the original plan that I had set out for day would have given me enough time to get to get everything I needed done, done. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you got to come over an hour and a half earlier. You got to move all those coffee tables. Got to move all those you, coffee tables. Kevin, in many ways, you are just like Emmett. Your job is to move things around and be good-natured. Yeah, yeah. That's essentially what he does in this movie. <sighs> yeah, no one... Here's, here's our spoiler-free... Uh, <laughs> recap of Breaking Dawn. No one does much. You can definitely describe the plot of this movie in four sentences. Yeah, this is a two-hour film with it's it's part one. It's part one, uh, and it's a two-hour film that has about thirty minutes of content. It is probably one of the most unnecessary two-parters since. I mean, even at least The Hobbit, they added in things from, like, the sim- Similarian. And they put in songs. Were yeah. there any fun... I mean, there were songs in this movie. There was actually lots of musical the, montages. Oh, there's a lot of segments where I'm like, this feels like this is a musical without any of the original fun songs or joy. Now, I will say... So, each of these Twilight movies has a different director. And the characters look more and more attractive each movie. Like, <laughs> suddenly most of the Collins' hair looks like it could belong to their head. Maybe not Jasper. And I'm not sure what's going on with Carlisle. I don't think... I, 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 there's no way Emmett ever wore... Uh, like, he has such short-cut hair. Oh, they dyed his blonde hair they black. Start, yeah. yeah. But um, I will say I was very impressed with how awful they're willing to make Bella look. <laughs> Like, she gets real bad. Well, they clearly used all their CGI budget on... Bella's face. On, yeah, on thinning Bella... Uh, giving uh, Bella the tiny Chris Evans treatment. And none on, let's just say, a lot of other things. Although I do think there's a lot of CGI in the scene where Bella and Edward kind of make out in the ocean. Is there? Didn't it look like they were, like, green screened or something? Oh, I don't know. I don't care. There were long periods of this film where I'm just like, oh, I know what the next 20 minutes are going to be. I'm going to go onto Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I think you said you sent some emails. During- this is a good <laughs> movie to get work done to. Definitely sent some emails. <laughs> well, not a lot happens in this film. I, it, they definitely do end in a different place than they begin, but it just as easily could have been the end of a first act. Of a normal movie. Of a normal movie, but this is not a normal movie, and we might as well, I think, just start talking about it, because... The sooner we talk about it, the sooner we're done, and then next week comes, and then we get to talk about part two. <laughs> Which I think might be better. I oh, mean... Presumably more will happen in it. We'll see lots of vampires. Definitely we'll see lots of vampires. But this time, we see a lot of wolves, uh, and, and actually also... less less vampires than, I think, usual in a film. Well, I mean, there's a lot of guest star vampires at the wedding, but then they just go away. Yeah. This is the Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, Part 1. Breaking Dawn, Part 1. Bella does a voiceover, wherein she explains to us that no one dies in childhood yeah so 
carrying on the initial theme, I guess. The, okay, this actually really bugs me. I hate that all the films begin with Bella quoting something else because it has the feel of if I quote someone saying something smart, I will then, then my story will sound better. Wouldn't it be cool if we literally ever saw Bella pick up a book? Like, this implies that she's a voracious reader who, like, situates herself as the main character of a story. But that's not Bella. That's someone from a different story. It made sense when she was in, like, for the first three, it made sense when she was in high school, essentially. Because, one, they were doing Romeo and Juliet. Well, I can't remember what the the quote in Twilight was, because that was so long ago. All I remember is her planting a tiny cactus. Yeah. um, But uh, New Moon was uh, Romeo and Juliet. Eclipse was Robert Frost. This is Edna St. Vincent Millay. Uh, And the poem that she's doing is Childhood is the Kingdom Where Nobody Dies. But this is, like, inappropriate for Twilight, the movie, where we have explicitly seen at least one child die. (laughs) Because I'm sorry, that little vampire who was killed by the... um, Volturi. Volturi was definitely a child. (laughs) I love that... This is our going forward. Look, not a lot happens to this movie. We're going to be jumping around a little bit. I do like how this these movies always have to end with a reminder that the Volturi are bad people. In case we forgot. In, in case you forgot, the Volturi are dicks. We have to make them do something ridiculously evil, and that makes no sense. But just so you remember, the Volturi are dicks. They're the bad guys. Ooh. So as Bella voiceovers, we have a bit of a montage with dialogue, mm-hmm. wherein Jacob gets the wedding invite, and he is furious and runs <laughs> off into the rain, <laughs> as his dad is like, no? My favorite Okay. I, it's, yes, Jacob is a wolf boy. Um, so when he runs out into the rain and tears off his shirt, I'm like, okay. He's stripping down so he can at least only break his pants to be a wolf. There's no scene of him running at full speed trying to get his pants off. He just tears them off um, when he turns into a wolf. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there is something else that Graham was about running outside, tearing off their shirt, and just running into the woods without becoming a wolf. <laughs> and that's just how they express their emotions. There, there's not one scene. Like, here's the thing. Jeans are pretty tough. I guess phasing is also pretty tough. Uh, but I do wish there was at least one moment where someone turned into a wolf and there's a wolf with pants. They're like, oh no. Oh, these are well-made jeans. <laughs> I mean, obviously they buy cheap jeans. They're tearing them all the time. They probably, I was going to say they buy Costco jeans, but Costco jeans are good jeans. I mean, they do fall apart, though. <laughs> Costco, Costco jeans are affordable jeans. <laughs> and stretchy. Yes. So while this is going on, then we see Charlie, who looks at his wedding invite, in great consternation. Charlie spent the most of this movie being the only one other than Jacob who is not completely into this sudden marriage, unlike Bella's mom. Who, last time we saw her, was like, Bella, maybe you should do things for yourself and you like shouldn't give yourself over completely to Edward. Now she's like, Woo, a wedding. Yeah, she like she like turns to her current husband, yeah. boyfriend, husband. Her husband Phil. Um, and and is just like, Hey, it happened. And I'm like, well, you, so now you're I, I'm giving her because she wasn't there and didn't see all the things that Charlie did. Charlie's consternation kind of makes sense. The, yeah. Edward and Bella's relationship is not great from the outside. I mean, remember when Charlie had to watch his daughter sit in a chair for four months and just stare at the sky, and the only thing that made her happy was her friend Jacob, who has now run away to the woods? Yeah. Um, 
also, that was like four months ago. Well, we know the wedding is in August because Bella refuses to turn 19. Yeah, August 13th. They decided it was August 13th or something like that. So, which means, and the, the whole year going by, was that last, was that sophomore year or was that last year? Um, so they Eclipse met... happened really quick. Eclipse was a very like short amount of time, so right? So they met when she was a junior. Yeah. And they dated for senior year was when he like disappeared and then came back. Okay. Because I know, I know Eclipse was actually really, really short amount of time. It was, after like, it was, New Moon. Yeah. yeah. It was the end. Because it came... It happened like a couple weeks after New Moon. And then only occurred over like a week or so. But don't forget, Riley was turned into a vampire a year before the events of Eclipse. So that's how we know. Well, we also know that Twilight was the year beforehand. Yeah. Like, that, essentially, the first Twilight film was that year. And yes. then but all as we know, in Eclipse, Bella did not know how seasons worked and was surprised when she arrived <laughs> to the meadow in the spring and it had not yet bloomed. Yeah. I think I was like, no, that was full moon. That wasn't full moon. That was new moon. Because Eclipse, they were back together and then it did bloom. Because it's season, spring. Season, but then there was so much snow. Because they're in the mountains. Because they're in the mountains. In Seattle. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, her mom's really happy. I don't know what any of this is supposed to imply. But you know who else is not happy about this wedding? Bella. Bella is explicitly unhappy about the wedding. She doesn't want to wear heels. She doesn't want a dress. And she doesn't want um, Alice to Aaron. decorate. Aaron. She's not like other girls. Well, Alice doesn't care. You know who else is upset about this wedding? Edward. Oh, yeah, there's this weird he scene. He stalks Bella to her home where she is sad that she's packing up her childhood adulthood bedroom. <laughs> and he's like, Bella, it's not too late to drop out of the wedding. Let me tell you more things about how bad it is to be a vampire. <laughs> and once again, he'll tell a story that I think they'll get the wrong idea from. He tells a story about how it wasn't long after he was turned by Carlisle, that he was upset at him because of him trying to curb his appetite, and he just really wanted to drink human blood. He was a teenager, and he had to rebel against his dad. <laughs> yeah, and he rebelled it by murdering men who, I guess, would murder women. Yeah. No, here's a, he says that. That first guy, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I mean, that guy was going to creep on up on that lady, but I don't know that he was a murderer. Well, I might have looked down, but I... Could remember if he also like because they're in a movie theater. So the girl leaves. The guy stalks the girl, and then Edward stalks the well, guy. Because they 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 definitely set it up to look like Edward is stalking her. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> I guess in my quick glance, it really looked like she was going down some stairs, and he was going to go down the same stairs, and Edward just kills him. So I mean, I don't know that he's necessarily murdering murderers. He might just be murdering guys who are not very nice to their <laughs> dates. Uh. Well, that wasn't that was a date. That was just a random woman. So it's true. It's. I'll say the other ones, at one point they show, like, a gun dropping out of one guy's, like, thing. Like, so... I, I wish uh, <laughs> they had, um like, really heavily applied that he killed, um... Oh, what's the guy, the devil in the White City? I don't know. E.E. E. Holmes? Like, that know. serial killer in Chicago during the Chicago Weir- World Fair. I mean, yeah. Or that he murdered, like, um... Like a notorious gangster or <laughs> it, something. It would be nice if he if he killed someone that's like recognizably an evil person, rather than just being he like he because he says to Bella, "I killed men who were murderers," and she's like, "I believe that's what you did." I, I believe what he says is, "I killed monsters, but I was a monster." Yeah, and I feel like the lesson from the story should be, "Hey, Bella, just so you know, it's not going to be as easy as you think to just not be a vampire." But uh, they don't get a chance to have that conversation because Edward's buddies come, his brothers. Yep. And they're going to go on a bachelor party. Which means they're going to hunt bears, I guess. And, like, this is actually awesome. Yet again, Edward is really, really excited and happy when he hangs up with someone other than Bella. 
<laughs> we will not see any of this uh, bachelor party, unfortunately. We will, however, see Jasper, who has changed his hair and lost for, his accent. For sure, now doesn't have an accent. It was wavering the last couple of films. Here's the thing. This is my thoughts about Edward and Bella. I understand that the movies can't show us everything. Like, I know they have to pick the highlights because it's a story. <laughs> but what I really, really need to get on board with their romance is, like, a single scene where they smile and laugh while interacting with each other. Preferably before they're married. Yeah, because we will get this later in this movie. Yeah. But, like, I needed it now, because right now they both seem like someone is forcing them to marry each other. They're, they're doing it because the plot demands it. And they're not happy about it. Neither no, no. of them. Well, because if Bella dreams her wedding, and even I like how even in her dream her dad's like, oh, no. <laughs> She can't even dream her dad being happy about it. Now, in Bella's dream wedding, everyone wears white. I want to point out that Bella, in her nightmare, wears a different dress than she wears to her actual wedding. Is, of course, this is this is the, the bloody dress. So she gets to the front of the aisle, yeah. and Edward's there. But then, gasp, the Volturi! And then, ah, oh, they stand upon, like, Bella and Edward stand upon the corpse's of, of all everyone. the guests, and they're covered in blood. And like, is this? Are we going the route of Bella figuring out? Hey, being a vampire might require, like, you know, it might be hard. It might be hard. No, we I will never discuss this again. I don't know what the purpose of this dream was. Is so that Alice could chide Bella about not getting enough sleep before her wedding. Beauty sleep is important. We could. I'm gonna say right now, she could have just not had a dream, and and Alice could have said that, and been like, yeah, she should probably staying up late. Now, I do like that Rosalie comes in and is like, I will be your sister. Perhaps I should help you get ready. I'm good at hair. Yeah, she does once again clarify that she has no... Once again, I have no problem with you marrying Edward. My entire problem is your weird flippancy of becoming a vampire. Please think about what you're doing. Rosalie will take on a different motivation throughout this uh, <laughs> this movie. But for now, she's going to be friendly with Bella. Who's not friendly in this scene? Charlie. Charlie is standing in the Cullen house <laughs> looking at a giant art piece, which is just graduation caps from every school that these Cullen kids have pretended to graduate from. I like, I like how Charlie's the only one who's like, this doesn't make any sense. Where did these come from? Because even Bella's mom is like, oh, I think that's really cute. And he's like, what do you mean? Why is no one... What? <laughs> Charlie, like, if this movie was from Charlie's perspective, it'd be this poor, like, detective sheriff wandering around being like, am I losing my mind? Why does no one else realize that you can't... It's like a, it's like a hundred graduation caps. Yeah, it's too many. I'm gonna be honest. If I saw that, I would think these, these, these are people who abduct and kill graduates. They look like, like trophies. Yes. It, Charlie is living in his own horror movie. <laughs> Um, let's just skip forward to the wedding, because there's a lot of, there's some stuff beforehand, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, everything is very, very emotionally charged. Renee talks to Bella about how she can pass on her wedding gift to her kids and her kids' kids, and Bella's like, no kids ever, oh no. (laughs) But it doesn't stop her. Yeah. So they go to the wedding. I have a question, Kevin. Yeah? Who are all these guests? Um, well. Some of them are vampire friends. Some are vampires, some of them are people from. 
four of them are people from their high school. I think I think we just have to assume she gave out an invitation to people from the high school. And maybe I guess Charlie's friends. Charlie yeah. is from here. And also there there's probably the people from uh the reserve who aren't wolves. That's true. We do get we, the wolves here as well. A lot of wolves are actually here. So um Seth is there. Yeah. Remember Seth, the one who protected Bella during yeah. the battle. Yeah, Boo Boo Stewart. That's the <laughs> that person who plays name. it. That's who plays it. Um, and Billy is there, Charlie's best friend. Mm-hmm. And Sue Clearwater, who is now a widow and yeah. <laughs> has maybe a little flirtation with we, Charlie. We do see her at Charlie's house. Yeah, she's it's, 100% dating Charlie. It is not mentioned, nor is it is it ever grown upon, but there's a scene where Charlie's on the phone and she's just in the house with them and no one else is there. And, like, he brings her drinks at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Again, this should be Charlie's movie. Uh, and then the wedding begins, and we get exactly what you mentioned, this weird, like, what, I wrote down, what is that facial expression as she's walking down the aisle? She looks like she's literally walking on knives, and some, like, force that is beyond her is compelling her to keep walking. Yeah, she's not happy, Charlie's not happy. Now, I think, if I recall the books correctly, which no. I know I'm not allowed to talk about, I think Bella has, like, stage fright. Yeah, like, here's the thing. But here's the, maybe give her a line where she says to her dad, I hate crowds. It's, well, and also, it's fine for, like, yeah, it's, it you know, it's the wedding. She has, you know, she probably has some trepidation. That is, these are all fine human emotional things, though they have not done a good job of showing us really what her feelings are. I mean, we know she doesn't want to get married, really. No. Yeah. She wants to become a vampire. Anyway, they, they actually do this this nice um, uh, thematic thing here where when they kiss each other, the camera spins around. And when it comes back around, the entire crowd is gone. And I'm like, oh, it's because when they kiss, they're the only people in the world. You know what? I'll give you that. A, like, it's, it's kind of on the nose, but I don't mind it. And Edward is actually very, very cute during, like, the vows and stuff. Yeah. And I will say, in this movie, they're... The director's done a really good job of the Cullens are always with their spouses. Yeah. So, like, Rosalie and Emmett are together, and Alice and Jasper, and Esme and Carlisle. So, no wonder poor Edward just wants a partner. <laughs> He's so left out I all mean, the time. I mean, eventually we see, like, the wolves on the beach, and there's also a lot more wolf couples than we've yeah. ever seen before. <laughs> like, it's it's an interesting choice, and I kind of like it. There's this, there's this weird, subtle uh, underscore, under theme here, if you will, of... You will never be happy alone, <laughs> which is not great. Uh, we do meet a little bit more of the veggie vampires. Yeah, so we meet um, a nice uh, Latin, Latina, Latinx I, couple. Yeah, I think they live up in Alaska. Well, no, the sisters are from Alaska, okay. the blonde sisters, because one of them, Maggie Grace, yeah. was in love with Laurent. And Laurent, I guess, told her he was trying so hard to be a vegetarian. Yeah, this, so this is Irina. I actually wrote her name down because I thought she would be important. Um <laughs> I'll spoil it for you. In part two, she'll become very I, important. I imagine so. I imagine... I mean, she's a big name. Maggie Grace is a big deal. Well, I was going to say that, like, especially this is the only film that really has the part one. Even though they're all in the series, this is part mm-hmm. one, part two. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll give you your setting things up here. Uh, but anyway, so this is Arena. She is very mad at the wolves because they killed Laurent. But the only wolf she sees is little Seth Clearwater, who, who is a child. <laughs> and also, I don't think was one of the people who killed Laurent. No, he wasn't a wolf yet. He wasn't a wolf yet. Uh, but she, she knows he's a wolf, though. Yeah, and she's very um, upset. Oh, because they killed Laurent. And, she, and, and we're like, who tried to kill Bella? But I read, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> Bella does nothing to defend yeah, herself. Yeah, and, and we're just like, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
okay, I just, I don't know when, when did Laurent go to Alaska to seduce this woman and make her think that he wanted to be, because we, we've seen Laurent. He did not want to be a... His eyes are so red. Well, not only that, he was told to go check on Bella and decided to kill her anyways. Because he saw her and she smelled so good. <laughs> That's not someone who's like, yeah, maybe, maybe I will be a vegetarian. Sounds like Arena was just sort of tricked. <laughs> It's true. By Laurent. Laurent was very handsome, though. Okay. Uh, we got a couple awkward toasts. I don't. There were too many toasts. If I was at this wedding, I would start <laughs> shouting, like, get off the stage. Edward makes a toast to Bella, which is not a thing the groom does. You already had your vows. Shut up, Edward. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Edward's wedding present, which... <laughs> is Jacob. <laughs> Jacob standing in the woods. Um, Kevin, would you say that Bella is more excited when she sees Jacob than she has ever been to see anyone <laughs> in her life? Yes. Yes, she is. And you know what? They're friends. That's fine. She Jacob did vanish for a long period of time, so... You know, she's fine to be excited for this. And they dance, and Jacob tries very hard not to talk about her upcoming death, because he is the only non-vampire who knows about it. Well, I think well, all the wolves, all the wolves know, all the wolves know about it, because they all have mental connections. But then he makes the mistake of mentioning that this is Bella's last life, last night alive. There is no... There is no way that this conversation should go the way it did except for the fact it's scripted like the amount that they these two had to walk around getting to essentially we're going to have sex on the honeymoon is what so bella does not want to become a vampire yet because being a vampire makes you very sick until you learn to be a vegetarian i guess i think it's just you're initially very sick because you're a newborn until you drink blood and i think being drinking veggie blood essentially makes you sick longer and so she doesn't want to be sick on her honeymoon because she wants a real honeymoon. And Jacob is utterly destroyed and infuriated by the fact that she might have sex because Edward will well, break her well, as a human. Opinion. Yes. And to be fair, he would. <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't. Then it goes on to the honeymoon, uh, which apparently involves them flying to Rio de Janeiro. And they walk through like a street party and they're almost sort of happy together. Yeah. And they do make out in the middle of the street party. But no, I they... wish they had like danced and smiled. No, Aaron, they can't be around people. They have to go to an isolated island. Now this island is an island that Carlisle bought for Esme. So this this is our first clarification that, that Carlisle is not only rich, he is fabulously wit rich. He is the richest fictional character according to Forbes magazine. Yeah. I I want to say I think this is the movie or this is the book that E.L. James read that prompted Fifty Shades of Grey, because there is so much rich stuff going on in this film. Oh, yeah. So much Edward, like, going off to talk to the pilot of a private jet. And, like, handing him something. <laughs> and them sitting in the back of a truck or a, a vehicle being driven around and going to a private island. Now, they get to this private island, and they're in a beautiful, beautiful house. And for a moment... Both of them actually seem happy that they got married today. Yeah, which is good. And then Edward asks Bella if she wants to go for a swim, and she says yes. And then she uses I the phrase, I need a few human minutes, which I'm like, like the bathroom? Are you going to go poo? And then we have. Do vampires not poo? They must. They got to poo. Anyway, then they make 
a montage that I think is supposed to be like, oh my god, Bella is so like quirky and nervous but and excited. We just are like brushing her teeth and then washing her hands and then shaving her legs and, and then the faces that Kristen Stewart makes are not like quirky ingenue rom-com faces. They're like I'm being forced into this for I'm a puppet that dances on the strings <laughs> of my master. Yeah, like I I think the idea is she's supposed to be nervous about the honeymoon night essentially. Like she wants it, but she wants to make sure everything's perfect, which is why she brushes her teeth and shaves her legs. And... Yeah. Um, and then she finds that uh, I I think she was looking for a swimsuit, which she later has. which she later has. I think they got that from the mainland. They, they oh, by the way they stay on this island for fourteen days, and we're going to stay longer. But <laughs> yeah, situations happen. Uh, so you know, there's. This this carries on essentially into the sex scene. Edward literally destroys the bed. I want to say though, this sex scene is like kind of anticlimactic, considering we've been building to this for like two movies, and he does destroy the bed. The problem is, it's half an hour into the film. It just I'm like, Meh. like it's not that sexy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not that sexy. It does fully bruise uh, Bella, Which and, she's and Edward okay makes, with. and Edward's like, no, look. He pulls down her sleeve, and she's like, uh-huh, I'm aware, Edward. And this leads into this whole, like, woe is me, Edward thing, where he's like, I told you, I'm a monster, and I can't. Here's the thing with Edward and Bella. So this is followed up by, like, actually a pretty cute kind of romantic montage, where they, like, play chess together, and they go cliff diving, except that they do a massive cliff, and Edward yeah. jumps, and Bella yeah. holds on him. And, like, they play in the pool and, like, bathing – or in the ocean and bathing suits and stuff. And, like, it's really – it's honestly really cute. Yeah. I don't think we have ever seen a scene where Bella and Edward talk to each other no. about their hopes, well, their dreams, their interests, their emotions. They, they have to put their interests, Aaron. Bella told Edward she wants to be a vampire. And Edward That's her said interest. to be a vampire is to be a monster. Her, her, interest, her interest is I want to be a vampire and his interest is her. This is just... <laughs> Period. Like, people who can't... They've never... Like, well, even when they're playing chess, they don't talk to each other. Well, not, only that, not only that, the the subtext of that entire montage is Bella's consistently trying to have sex with Edward again. And, and like, he's like, no. It seems like it should be cute. <laughs> because of the times where he, like, laughs. Because she comes up dressed in, like, like, she wears some of the sexy underwear. And she's like, like yeah. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, ah, ha, ha. Then he rolls over and goes to bed. And she's like, what? It's it's this really weird montage. And, like, I don't understand why they can't have, like, I mean, I know why they can't have an adult discussion, because one of them is 112 years old, <laughs> and one of them is 18. But, like, they could talk about their feelings and their emotions, and they could work together to try to make sex a, like, safe and pleasurable situation for both of them. Except Edward's like, no, we can't. Even before they begin this, um, Bella goes, you're never going to touch me again. And then he touches her. He's like, no, that's not what I mean. Cue the montage of the failed seductions, which is not great to be like, oh, they got married. How lovely. They're married now. And the entire honeymoon is her trying to convince him to have sex with her. You know, at this point, if they're not going to have fun, he might as well just turn her into a vampire and she can just be sick. Like, yeah. what is this nonsense? Anyway, uh, this goes on for quite a while. Um, and we do get a little bit over with the wolves, as they think essentially about Bella dying. We do learn that Sam will not break the treaty for this because he's somewhat of a rational human being. He likes the Collins. He thinks the Collins are good. They're good vampires. They won't do anything bad. Well, so. I mean, not only that, he's like, I mean, like, she's like, this has been a long thing. She, 
this is clearly not in breach of, the, or even if it's a breach of the treaty, we can just be like, no, that's fine, because clearly Bella is... Bella knows what she's getting into. They're not going out there and hunting unwitting humans, which is the point of the treaty. Yeah, like, like yeah, we're not doing the word of the treaty, but we're doing the spirit of the treaty, so settle down. And then he goes off to hang out with all the other wolf couples. And then Jacob's like, look at those wolf couples. And printing is so bad, it's the lamest thing that's ever been. I will say I'm not a fan of imprinting. It definitely is the, just a genetic version of soulmates, but it feels... Well, at one point they show us Quill, I think. It's either yeah. Quill or Embry, who's out in the water playing with like a little girl, like yeah. a two-year-old. And, I mean, that that's what they hold up as being like, see, it's not creepy and sexual, but it's like, well, he's going to be there for her forever. Yeah. Always whatever she needs. That's kind of grooming. Yeah. They, they try to, they, they, when they do something with it later, they try to be like, oh, a friend, a brother, a protector. I'm like, yeah, but, but, but like eventually you're going to marry well, them. Well, and not only that, the one we know most of is Sam who imprinted on Emily and broke up with Leah, which means he could not, not be romantic with, he's like, well, I imprinted on her. Uh, <laughs> Leah means I have to be with her. Like Which... you, like they're not going to grow grow up, and then you, then like it just it's so. It's... And Leah is kind of wise about this. She's like, like she makes a point, but like if Jacob imprinted, he would forget about Bella. But like not imprint, you know. Yeah. If at least you're not alone. Like Leah just makes a lot of really great points in yeah. this entire movie. All right, uh, let's let's skip forward a little bit uh, to where Bella's like making some chicken. Well, we must say she meets the housekeepers oh, yeah. at one oh. point, and the housekeepers do not like that she's there. They are convinced <laughs> that Edward has brought her there to eat her. I think it's mostly the um, the, lady. The, the lady housekeeper. is <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he's, he, she thinks I'm a demon. <laughs> like, well, you kind of are, to be fair. She's not wrong. She's just as wrong that you aren't like every other one. You're an angel, not an early spike. <laughs> Yeah, sure. She watched and, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and was like, oh, I see. As a, and not a middle angel. Not a middle angel, no. <laughs> no, you, you're... Beginning or end angel. Yeah. But she looks at me and she's like, you could become a middle angel. It could happen. You broke that bed. Did that get rid of your soul? <laughs> Edward eventually goes to the mainland to hunt, and then Bella makes herself way too much chicken. <laughs> this is more chicken than any human needs. Yeah. And it makes her feel sick. It looks like she's looking at the blood and yeah. then makes her feel sick. Which would also make me feel sick, so I don't know why you're worried, Bella. But actually, it's that she when she sees the tampon, she realizes that she hasn't had her period. Now, I was concerned for a moment because I thought that this all happened in, like, three days. And I was like, why, when you could pick any day for your wedding, did you pick when your period was coming, Bella? <laughs> I mean, well, she did pick it a long time ago. But, like, this implies that her, um, her cycle's, like, really regular. Yeah, yeah. So she should know. Anyway, she says Jacob, like, brings her her Pepto when she sees her tampons. Yeah. Much like Taylor Towns did. Yes. And, um... On the OC, and she goes, "How many days have we been here?" And Edward says, 14. She goes, "Ooh!" And then the phone rings, and it's Alice. Yeah, and Alice is like, "I heard you go, ooh." <laughs> yeah, in Alice, my brain. Yeah, so Alice, Alice, she doesn't really, Alice doesn't really clarify why she's worried. Just that she is worried. I will say they do a pretty good job now of setting up that this is definitely irregular because Bella keeps touching her stomach. And you can see there's like a tiny bit of a curve, I think. Yeah, like I don't know how much they. I think I think they just maybe just had. I think she's just like arching her back. I think she just had to push her stomach out. Um, but they're 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 making it very clear early on. This is not them misunderstanding how pregnancy works. Like she can feel something. Yeah, inside and she's her like body. like this is wrong, and there'll be a thing. It's very clear that. And so she says to 
Edward, like, I think I'm pregnant. Is that a thing that can happen? Or no, she asks Alice if she can be pregnant. And Edward just, like, loses his mind, takes the phone away from her, starts talking to Carlisle. Yeah. And I'm like, why are these dum-dums not on speaker? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows? Because Edward is a possessive, controlling husband. Um, And then it takes a long time for uh, Bella to essentially stare into the mirror. And maybe she ends with being happy. It looks like maybe a smile's going across her face but then edward starts packing everything on up and he's like don't worry we'll get it out of you (laughs) which again they need to have discussions as a couple yeah they should express their emotions to each other they 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 should clarify that this actually is an insane thing to happen (laughs) like because vampires are sterile So in comes the housekeeper, and Edward's like, you! You have myths about vampires in your... Yeah, I don't know. This lady, like, she can, like, sense the baby. She's pointing, she's like, you killed her. You killed her. And then she touches her stomach, like, death. But, like... <laughs> I don't know what this was. <laughs> anyway, uh, Edward does say he won't let it hurt. The- he won't let that thing hurt you, which is when we first get... Bella being like, thing? So... That's going to be a whole thing. This entire... So they will go on with this, and there'll be a lot of, like, people discussing the gr- the, the growing fetus inside of her. Um, and there's a lot coming from a lot of sides. It just reminds me so much of the first episode of Star Trek me and my sister ever watched, which was the season two, two premiere, premiere of Next Generation, where uh, Deanna Troy is suddenly impregnated and like by a jesus light now the the thing is that everybody <laughs> i think only wharf is like hey maybe like maybe we should do something but everyone's like no it's it's the baby it's the precious life you can't you can't do that it's like i you if something if she suddenly got but here's space. the thing <laughs> No one in this movie, yeah. really, except for Rosalie, which appears to happen off screen. Yeah. But it seems to me that the only person who ever talks to Bella reasonably yeah. about this, how she feels, what she thinks, yeah. is Rosalie. Everyone else is just like, well, you have a thing inside you. Gotta get the thing out. Well, and even, You're being irrational. Well, and even Rosalie seems to have her own... Agenda. And I don't think Rosalie does speak to her. I think Rosalie has also made her own decision on what's going to happen now, here. don't forget, Rosalie... Only wanted to have babies. Yeah, Rosalie very much, especially in certain scenes, it becomes very clear that Rosalie does have her own agenda here. And I just, this movie seems like it's trying to make a pro-life argument, but what it's actually doing is making a pro-choice argument. This is Bella's choice, and her choice might be irrational to outside people. But she has the right to decide, I would like to cut this thing out of me or not. Yeah, the, the problem is that, they, that they are, they're trying to set it as that if she chose to do that, that would be the evil choice. Like, they, they really seem like how they were putting it. And not, not only that, it, the problem with using this as an analogy is that it doesn't work within the mythology of the world. Uh, so they, we carry along with this pregnancy and like we, we skip ahead two more weeks and she is she is now... Very, very pregnant. Like, she will essentially give birth, I think, in a month. Like, I think this all takes place over a month. Yeah, I think so. Now, I'm going to make another point here. Yeah. Obviously, this is a vampire baby, and we don't know anything about, like, the gestational period of a vampire baby. Yeah. But we do know some things about, like, how women measure. Yeah. And if you don't have access to an ultrasound, you don't have access to 
embryonic fluid and stuff like that. Well, the, the embryonic sac is impenetrable, <laughs> <laughs> as they just say. You can kind of guess gestational age a little bit by if you're measuring big or small. Yeah. She is clearly measuring at, like, almost full term, so I don't understand why they don't try to induce labor. Yeah. Well, I also don't understand. Carlisle is a doctor. He does mention at one point he can actually kind of guess it will probably give birth tomorrow. I would say that they never also clarify to us why she couldn't turn into a vampire beforehand. Yeah, because they say that they can't turn her with the baby inside her. She wants to do it the last minute, and then, like, as she's essentially the birth is happening. We're going to jump around. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Um they're like, oh, we can't, we can't turn until, until, until the baby's, the baby's out. out. And it's like, w- why? Like, Well, we do. We see her turn. And when she turns, she dies. Like, she full stop dies. Yeah. And they're worried they didn't turn her quite quickly enough. So I guess the problem is she has to die. And if she dies with the baby inside of her and the baby, I know. Like, in modern medicine, if a woman, unfortunately, if a woman <laughs> dies with a baby inside her, you can still deliver the baby if you move fast well, enough. And not only that, it's a vampire baby. Like we're we're still going back back to the root of this baby. They know for one hundred percent this is not a normal baby. And that's the thing. Like I don't. I know she cares about it, but I don't understand. Like for medical reasons, why they don't try to deliver. It's a vampire baby. Why can't it go into the, the and Carlisle's I, fake NICU in his million yeah, dollar definitely. mansion? The thing that really it comes down to is that this is where you go from it being written as a fantasy to it being written as somebody's not moralized, but someone's morals, essentially. This is like someone didn't bother to research how babies work. Well, I mean, I don't think they did. This this was written by someone who's like, no, the ba- the baby has to come through in this way. Like, it's, it's not written from a medical sense. It's written from an emotional sense. I just think medically and emotionally it could work. Well, okay, so the problem with even the emotionally thing is that, and this is what we are pushing forward here, um, is that Bella keeps referring to the baby as he. Which is weird. Okay, yeah. I want to get into this a little bit. So she keeps saying he. I just keep picturing a boy. And I think it's supposed to show to us as an audience, oh, she's connecting with the with the fetus in some way. She's connecting with the child in some some way. She's there's some this thing. But she's wrong. Yeah. And I mean, we're not telling – we're not spoiling anything. Everyone knows this baby has a dumb name. And the dumb name is Renesmi. Because it's a combination of two names. Renee and Esme. Yeah. Um. That's not how you name children. But but all but all that does is undermine this entire thing by her being like, I have a connection. It's a he. It's like But all of your instincts are wrong. But all your instincts are wrong, which makes it hard to agree with all the other things, because we're supposed to be awful like, oh, Bella knows. And Bella should know. I would be fine with it if the story is she believes in this and everyone else is like mm. But they could have at least made her get, like... The gender right. <laughs> yeah, the sex of the baby correct. Because then it would have been like, oh, instead of this weird thing, it's like, oh, actually, she was wrong all along. Because she's a dumb idiot. I don't know. Isn't there an implication that the baby is psychic? Um, no, I think Edward can actually read the baby. Because Edward does do a thing where he's like, I can read the baby. Which means the baby's progressed to the part where it has thoughts, which means, yes, at that point, abortion it, that's is... That's a baby. That's a baby. <laughs> but if Edward can read the baby's thoughts, then why can't they deliver the baby? Because, Aaron, that's not natural. The baby's got to come out naturally <laughs> by... Anyway, so Jacob finds out that she's pregnant. Yeah. And Carlisle reveals that, like, he's pretty concerned about this because he medically has no idea what's going on. Well, and that's got to be hard for a doctor. Yeah, and as it progresses, the baby's, like, breaking her ribs. 
And, like, Alice can't see the baby in any of her visions. Can't she, see at Bella either. She doesn't know Bella's future. Which is which not to great. Me, which to me, I'd be like, oh, so Bella died. Like, if, if you're a future seer and you can't see the future, that's a dead person. Or, Kevin, what if the baby is a wolf? <laughs> <laughs> what if it was never Edward's baby at all? Because no, I think now Alice can see wolves. <laughs> It doesn't matter when any when any wolves are around. They don't block her sight anymore. So um, we have the scene that's sort of referred to where Edward tries to get Jacob to change her mind. Yeah. And Jacob's like, uh, I can't do that. And Edward's like, okay, well, if you can't change her mind, if she dies, will you please kill me? <laughs> and Jacob's like, yes. Sure. Uh, Jacob does run off. And this is where we get kind of, I guess, the drama of this thing, which is that the wolves, because of their mind thing, learn about the ha- the weird demon baby and the wolves are not happy which once again they are like antibody natural protectors of the land i they they were like wait what this this is not right wait no so sam as the leader of the wolf okay this entire scene is done with all of the wolves in their wolf bodies yeah and we hear them talking to each other in thoughts which means i don't fully know which wolf is each person (laughs) because i don't recognize their voices i know that sam is the black wolf yeah and i know which one jacob is i know which one leah is because girl girl and i know which one um seth is because seth is a little gray one Mm -hmm. but like it doesn't matter. It's all things. needlessly dramatic. There's like music, and they're like an abomination. We kill it tonight. Yeah. And Seth is like, "Wait, what? We're ki- we're killing Bella and a baby? No, what?" <laughs> yeah, this feels wildly. Um, this 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 feels wildly uh, heavy handed. Seth's like, "This seems like an overreaction." And Sam's like, "I'm gonna use my alpha powers, kneel to the ground." Uh, and then Jake decides, "No, I'm not part of this. Pa- now I'm a lone wolf." So, because, as we learned in the last movie, Jacob is supposed to be the leader of the pack, he essentially goes, F this, I'm your boss, and runs away. Well, he doesn't say, I'm your boss. He says, I'm not part of your pack anymore, which is why they can't read each other's minds anymore. Because he's supposed to be the chief. Yeah. So, he leaves. Um, eventually, Seth and Leah will actually go and join his, like, sub-pact. Now, for some reason, after this wolf scene where they're all wolves, Jacob emerges at the Cullen house and he's wearing clothes? And then Seth and Leah are also humans wearing clothes? Yeah, they just hide clothes around Aaron. <laughs> they just, they don't have any CGI budget I, left. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, that these wool, that this pack would have essentially, like, clothing statues across the woods. Yeah. And that'd be a cool thing for them to, impl- to um, imply at some point. That's just me assuming that there's got to be clothing, like, drop points across the woods. And it's, like, Seth's job to go around and put clothing in those... Which no wonder Seth wants to join Jacob's pack. <laughs> I'm, well, I mean, you gotta you gotta imagine it's the youngest guy who yeah. has to run around and put clothing and all the. Can we talk about like how cute Seth is? Like yeah. he's so good. He's like, we gotta do what's right. We can't kill a human and a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jacob. Yeah. Now, um, Edward and Jacob communicate from each other from way too far away. Well, well, Edward can read Jacob's mind, and Jacob can hear Edward talk. So, <laughs> and he's like the wolves. The wolves are coming. There's also this moment where Edward Googles Immorticala, uh, Im, Im, was it, Immortic, Immortal, Immortalicum? Immortalicum, I think is the word. I'm like, where did you get that word from? So he Googles demon babies, essentially, but unfortunately. No, he, he Googles the word immor- yeah, Immortalicum. Where did he get that word from? And he looks at a lot, of, well, because it's like a myth in vampire culture like you are not supposed to make immortal children yeah, but where did he it's get a part that... of vampire culture they don't say that but this is what i know aaron 
just what the movie gives us. Anyway, what we're missing here is that Leah knows Sam's plan. And now that yeah. Sam knows that Leah revealed his plan, he's like, I guess I just have to stalk this house forever until I murder some vamps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then time passes where essentially it's just the wolves pacing around the outside and the vampire staying on the inside then the the other wolves being Jacob's packs or packing passing around the middle <laughs> it's just a lot of people watching a lot of people meanwhile the fetus is full on killing bella it is eating her life force mm-hmm. i would appreciate someone having a discussion with bella about what's going on with the wolves and everything but <laughs> I guess not. I don't want to stress her out. She always has a baby killing her. But, like, if she knew this is what was going on, maybe she would make different choices. Maybe she would want to try to deliver the baby. (laughs) She needs the full picture. You're really going for they should induce labor. But the problem is, is that that's not morally what they would ever do. The baby is full term. Aaron. No. Babies can be delivered at like 26 weeks. And mm. like, yeah, things are tough. But if it's a vampire baby. No, no. That's not how it works, Aaron. It's got to be natural. Uh, anyway, <sighs> this is where we get a little bit of a talk where Bella is like, she looks like a cancer patient. She looks like a skeleton with skin over the skeleton. Yeah. So talking to talking to Edward, this is the first time they kind of have a conversation that we see. But it mostly goes along the lines of Edward being like, hey, Bella. I don't want you to die. And Bella being like, well, if I I can't kill the living life inside me. Yeah, you, you, you'll always have a part of me. Wasn't, this is where, obviously, the metaphor they're going for starts to fall apart. Because, because it's definitely a living thing. Well, and also, this is not how babies work. Also, maybe they should have had this discussion before the baby started eating her life force, before she connected with it. It's really, it's just, it, it, there's a lot of implications in here that, like, the mother's job is to die for the baby, which is not a great... It's not, the whole thing is just, like, this is not a nuanced discussion at all. Yeah. And lots of couples do actually have to have discussions like this where they learn that their baby could be incompatible with life or the woman could be putting herself in serious danger to bring the baby to term like lots of couples actually have to grapple with this and this this is one of those things where a a lot of fantasy and sci-fi they use them as metaphors for what is going on in you know the the real world but they don't work in everything and they don't work if they're not done well and this is one of those examples of where this is not a transferable thing to an actual abortion, like, and conversation I, in the real world. I don't even know if this is an abortion discussion. Like... I think... I think... Uh, knowing, knowing Stephanie Myers and her own thing, I definitely think it is. It's just really weird that Edward is, like... The attributes she has ascribed to each character... Don't make sense? Don't make sense. Well... I, but I think that is something we should come to expect. because <laughs> what and, and now the only person who is on Bella's side is Rosalie, who very clearly just wants a baby around. So Rosalie's uh, very pro-life. So, um, well, just this life. Yeah. <laughs> so Bella is very, very cold, and Jacob kind of warms her up, and then she's sick. And then she's, and then Esme's like, she needs to eat something. And Jacob goes, in his brain goes, maybe she should eat a human. Yeah, yeah. So it turns out that what the baby needs is blood. So they have Bella just drink 
a like, blood smoothie. Blood, and I'm like, I don't think that's how that... Because the baby's like immediately like, oh, no, I'm good now. I'm like, I don't think that's how that... I don't think just... I don't think Bella just drinking... They should have given her, like, an infusion or something. Well, unfortunately, the ambiotic sac is impenetrable. Well, no, I mean, like, if the baby's drinking her blood, she, they, they need to give her more blood. No, but the baby eats... The baby absorbs nutrients that the mom eats through the umbilical cord. Uh, so Jacob goes out and kind of distracts Sam. And he's prompted to do this by looking at the Cullens and being like, Oh, yeah, you are a family. I have a family, too. I guess I better go distract my family. Yeah. Uh, well, this is going on, or I guess after it, after it happened, uh, he, Jacob does his whole distract Sam thing with like... Where he promises he's going to kill it. <laughs> and I'm genuinely not sure if that's a lie to distract Sam or if it's the truth. I do not know. Yeah. Uh, this is where we do get the, uh, the scene where uh, we hear about the names that the child had. The one that they're so sure is a he... So if it's a boy, it's going to be called EJ for Edward Jacob, which I they say is a better name. No. Well, Babies don't have to be named for people in their family. Just to be clear, he would be Edward Jacob Collin Jr. EJ. Potentially, he'd be EJ. Yeah, he'd be Edward Jr., also known as EJ. Um, Though Bella did say she wanted to hyphenate her name. It's not clear if they actually did that. I think that this baby also has a hyphen name. I think he'd be called Edward hyphen Jacob. Edward Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> So Edward, good. Edward Jacob Swan Collin <laughs> Jr. <laughs> and then if it's a girl, they combine their mother's names <laughs> to make Renesme. Renesme. Renee and Esme together. Renesme. And and as soon as Jacob hears, he goes, <gasps> What the most beautiful name I've ever heard. Meanwhile, literally every other character in the scene is like, Nope. Nope. <laughs> what? What? Even Alice is like, if this is what she likes, I guess we're doing it. It better be a boy. And then Bella's spine breaks. So Bella drops her blood smoothie yeah. and reaches for it. And her back just just, just breaks. Just breaks. Snaps. Just snaps right. Although she seems decidedly fine comparatively considering her back just broke. <laughs> comparatively. Um, but... During this back breaking, her placenta detached. Yeah. Which Carlisle can tell over the phone. <laughs> He's like, like, hey, Bella's spine completely snapped in half. Ah, baby's placenta detached. <laughs> Gotta deliver now. <laughs> Gotta deliver now. So, uh, I do, there is a moment here when they're doing this whole, um, preg- this whole birth thing, and it's a C-section. As, as Rosalie immediately pokes, puts, takes out a scalpel <laughs> and immediately cuts Bella. The wrong way. Because as, as Rosalie says, and this is where I definitely know she had a, um, a mo- had a motive, she says, he's dying. Now, I have a question. Why couldn't they do a C-section before? Because... She's not in labor. Aaron, natural. Nothing about this is natural. Aaron, it has to be a natural birth. This is not natural. Her placenta detached. It is not. It's a sin, Aaron. No one says that. Mm. <laughs> then why didn't they do it? Anyway, uh, <laughs> Rosalie, uh, wanting to save the baby, and only the baby, uh, slices Bella, and then Millie goes, oh, right, blood. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob tackles her out of the room. Despite the fact she's never drank human blood. Um, also, Alice will leave at some point throughout the scene. Only Jacob and Edward are there to yeah. deliver a baby. <laughs> I don't know where Alice disappeared to. Now, Kevin. Yeah. I would like to say what happens in this scene. Go for it. Which is that Edward 
bites the baby out of Bella's uterus. Yep. Yeah. He vampire bites that baby out. And I will say the one thing I do know from the books is that is from the books. And then they deliver the baby. Bella is very happy to see Renesmee. Yep. Renesmee is very alert. <laughs> yep. And very bloody. Well, I mean, she was bitten out of her mom's stomach. And I don't understand. Like, why wasn't he just, like, spitting venom out while he was biting his way in there? I there, I don't know. Because... <laughs> Okay, at this point, Edward will give the baby to to Rosalie, and Rosalie will no longer care about Bella. Rosalie also is fine. The blood doesn't bother her when it's on a baby. Yeah, because she just wants that baby. Rosalie has her own <laughs> motives here. I honestly thought she was going to steal the baby and leave. Well, th- she needs Emmett, though. She loves Emmett. Well, she just love Emmett. Um, and then, <laughs> then he takes out a giant syringe, like an, like an adrenaline syringe, and that's where his venom is. And he sticks it into her heart, and then Jacob does some CPR as if he is, like, pushing, like, he's forcing the blood to spread from, yeah. the venom to spread through her blood around her body. Yeah. And then Edward just starts butting her everywhere. Well, he, he tries, he's trying to punch, like, essentially punch the venom into her in other places. But it's weird that he, at the beginning he's like, I will change her, but I don't want to bite her, so I'll do the venom in her. Uh, Jacob says he's not going to kill Edward because he wants Edward to live with this. And then Jacob goes out into the woods and cries. It is interesting that the, the vampire transformation is portrayed here as, like, rot. Yeah. Like, full on, like, her, her she rots. Well, it's interesting how they do it because it seems in mm. this scene that the venom goes in and it takes hold yeah. and it rots her body. But then she doesn't wake up. No. She just lays there with her eyes open. And Edward seems to think he failed. Yeah, but then later they also imply that she still has a heartbeat. Well, and then, yeah, because later he says, oh, she's too still. And Carlos says, hm, that's the morphine. Yeah. So, I don't... Maybe we... this is just about Edward not being a doctor. I don't like, know. Like, maybe the root of this problem is Edward... Is not a doctor. So we will, uh, we'll, we'll leave Bella for now. We do get uh, Rosalie hanging out with the baby. The only thing that she likes. Meanwhile, Jacob is crying in the woods, and he's like, "Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill the baby." <laughs> so he goes inside. He won't kill Edward, but he will kill the baby. And this is the moment that the CGI budget ran out right on this baby's face. Because boy, <laughs> is this not the face of a baby? So what they're trying to do, and they don't need to do it, is um, Jacob sees this little baby, yeah. and he imprints on her. And his brain does this thing where it, like, flashes forward through all the stages of her life. He's, he's showing you what his future wife will look like. And instead of being normal and being like, oh, babies look different than little girls that look like adult women, yeah. they CGI the same face on, like, all three ages of her. And they give them all wigs with way too much hair? Or else, Aaron, you won't get they're the same person. (laughs) Audience is just dumb. They're not going to understand that you're looking at a baby, and then then all of a sudden he flashes forward in time, and there's a young girl. I guess because they kept saying he the entire time. That's true. So they see a girl, and they're like... You know, they told me that this was a boy. Yeah, I mean, even though Edward says, oh, it's a girl, it's Renesme, I wasn't listening. <laughs> I wasn't listening, it's gotta be a boy. Like, 
I just and, and they do the voiceover of him like explaining all of the oh things. No, but he re-explains it in a different way. So it it's doesn't, not an exact voiceover from the previous movie. So it doesn't sound as creepy. Because he goes, You'll be anything that they, they need. Uh, a friend, a brother, a protector. And I'm like, you're cutting out all of the <laughs> romance you cut into but because he was when he was telling this, he was telling it about uh, Sam dumping Leah for Emily. Leah, who mentions that in this... And Leah talks about being forever alone, and that's why she joined Jacob's tribe, because it's <laughs> nice to be alone in her head. Yeah, she doesn't have to listen to Sam's thoughts about how much she loves Emily instead of her. Man, Leah's so good. And imprinting is so gross, because it's just... At this moment, he, like, falls to his knees, and it's like, oh, he doesn't seem like his own person anymore. And he doesn't seem happy about it well you know he doesn't seem happy about it no one who imprints other than ones who like maybe imprint with it's just it feels so so much of a unfortunate thing that we don't get like if we delve more into the politics of the imprinting and the fact that it really does take your like it like it, your it, your willpower away it takes like yourself your ability to self-actualize yeah he he can he actually no longer will care about anyone other than this one baby who will become a person. <laughs> now, um, as he was crying out, outside about Bella, some wolves saw it. Yeah. So they go to Sam. And they're like, the time is now. We do the murder now. Yeah, because they're going to go destroy the baby. They, they, Bella's fine now. They're going to destroy the baby. Unfortunately. Well, we won't get there yet. But Edward stands on the front porch and Jasper and Alice, who were also in this house. <laughs> Elsewhere in the room, didn't come in to help with anything. Come on out. And they're like... There's a lot of wolves, Edward. And he's like, they will not kill my family. <laughs> yeah. So the Collins and the wolves fight. It's like a... Uh, and then some reinforcements come back. Uh, yeah, apparently... Uh, Emmett and Carlisle and Esme are nearby. They, they didn't have to go hunting, actually. They spun around and ran right back. I do like Emmett punches some wolves in the face. And yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the fight gets broken up by Jacob running out and shouting, it's over. Well, I don't think he, he turns into a wolf. <laughs> yeah. And uh... then Edward narrates his thoughts. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, Edward doesn't even narrate his thoughts. Edward explains to the audience what's going on because I, because it's actually the wolves realize he imprinted. And actually, I just realized Jacob can't talk to Sam anymore because they're not in the same wolf tribe. So it's just Jacob growling at them that but, makes him figure out what's going on. Yeah, but they figure out he's imprinted somehow. And then <laughs> Edward explains that, <laughs> explains something unheard of until this moment, which is they can't harm someone a wolf has imprinted on. It's their deepest law. It's their most absolute law. Thanks, Edward, for explaining something that... This no is the most, one knew. You you spent an hour of this film just doing the wedding and honeymoon, and at no point could you even during the scene where the wolves were talking to you, you couldn't slide in something about how like Jacob could have said, "Hey Leah, do you ever think of hurting Emily?" And everybody like, "You can't." Like, even though it would be dumb because Jacob should know, be like, "Like you can't hurt someone who a wolf is imprinted on." Or you know, give Seth a line where he's like, "Well, I don't think it'd be so bad to imprint on someone because then they'd always be protected. You can't hurt anyone that a wolf yeah. is imprinted on." Yeah, there's so many moments in the stupid first hour of the first hour and a half of this film that someone could have said the lines of having Edward being like turning to the audience, being, "Let me explain what just happened here." Also, really? Well, then how did Sam harm Emily? By accident. So, okay, so it's so not, it's not a genetic... It's not genetic. He wolfed out. Okay. And she was standing near him while he wolfed out. So he wasn't even attacking her. He was just like, 
I'm becoming a wolf. Claws. Well, this is. I was trying to figure out if it was a genetic thing or if it was just a like a, a force field a, or no, or if it just was just a policy. I think it's just a policy. Which which is weird to me. Like they're like it's their most absolute law. I'm like yeah, but as far as they know, weird half vampire baby demon overrides imprinting. <laughs> you you think they might be like. You know what? Because they here's they don't know about that baby. No one knows about that baby, really. At one point, someone said it's an abomination. <laughs> this could be a demon baby sent from the depths of hell to destroy the world. Well, well I'm, and I'm going to be honest. When I first heard them talk about that, I thought it was implying the wolves know what's going on. You know what would have been great? <laughs> if... Um... Rosalie had come out and, like, held up Renesmee like it was a lion king. <laughs> like, look at this baby. Look, the baby's fine. And they're all like, oh, that's his face? <laughs> we can't kill it now. Its eyes are so wise. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, then we have to go back and, and check on Bella, who is alive but weak, I guess. What is wild is they, like, show her transformation from skeleton Bella into alive Bella. Yeah. And when she transforms into a vampire, she gains a lot of weight, which is good yeah. because this this is also a lot um, uh, a lot cooler. Instead of showing it as rot, it's shown as like almost like ice or marble coming like going down yeah. her veins, which makes me wonder what was that first thing? Is do you do you rot and then become marble? Maybe maybe it's kind of like uh, well, like well, like making yogurt. Like the mold comes <laughs> and then it becomes something new and great. You got to stop. Um, <laughs> Because the only other transformation we really saw was the guy from Eclipse, who was screaming and painful. And, and then we didn't really see him become a vampire. We just saw him holding his hand and screaming in the night. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out that one of the first things that happened, they keep on doing, gr- like, showing how much her body was absolutely ravaged. Like, mm-hmm. her, like, there's one moment where I had to rewind to figure out what happened. Her chest had collapsed in on itself and pops back out. All her ribs fix themselves. Like, it's actually really cool. Yeah. She is, um, she has no vampire pallor. Like, you know how Edward always looks kind of sickly and a little too pale? Yeah. Bella does not get that treatment. Uh, and then uh, it goes around, spins around her, showing her all, all being good. And then, then she sees herself as a baby. <laughs> yeah, she sees her parents holding her. She like, I well, she her her. I guess her life flashes before her eyes is the idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm distracted by the Charlie CGI to make him look young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then she, then her eyes shoot open, and she has red eyes. Wait. Then there's a mid credit scene. There is a mid credit scene. Have yeah. there been others that we've missed? No, no, because this one actually does. This, this <laughs> one does drive the storyline well, forward. Not like that. The fact there's a mid credit scene that's like, oh, by the way, here's why all this matters. And you're like, cool, thanks for putting that in the middle of the credits. So a very attractive human brings a note. It's in... Bianca. I think she's the yeah. one who um... wants to become a vampire. Yeah. Unfortunately, she doesn't know how to spell Carlisle. She spells it with an S, which I no, don't no, even no. know how she, that could happen. She spelled it without an S. Carlisle spelled with an S. No, it's not. It's spelled with a C. In the mid, at the end, Aaron, Carlisle. What? How do you how do you think Carlisle spelled? C A R L Y L E. No. Where does the S go? It's spelled Carl Isle. That is definitely not how his. Aaron, oh, that is how his name is spelled. Aaron, as the person who has been watching all these films. Uh, with subtitles on. No, you're right. That is how, how his name is spelled. His name 
is definitely spelled like it's a British Isle. Yeah, yeah. No, his spell his name is spelled Carl C A R L I S L E. Carl Isle. Her misspelling his name seems reasonable. <laughs> well, and then apparently her grammar is bad. But I think I don't understand. She like, comes in with a just a note on a platter. I don't think she wrote it. I think he sent it. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Why would did she take it down as as, as a he phone called. call? Carla was like, "Excuse me, please tell the Vol- Volturi my family has a new member." Yeah, technically, Carlisle, your family has two <laughs> new members. Yeah, um, and then apparently this is be- to, once again to prove the Volturi are bad people. Well, I mean, Marcus, the sad Volturi, is like great. No, that's not what I'm getting to. I'm getting to the fact that they kill Bianca because of oh, this. Oh, they do kill Bianca because her spelling is bad and her grammar is bad. Yeah, just to prove the Volturi are bad people. But Marcus doesn't want that, and Marcus also I don't, wants... Ma- I don't think Marcus cares. Marcus is also like, oh, good, our feud with the Seattleites is done. <laughs> no, she's a vampire. And Aro's like, no, that's not why we had a feud. <laughs> it's like, I like how he, he literally turns to the eyes and goes, no, no, no. That had nothing to do with it. This is something else. They have something I want, which was Edward and Alice. And maybe Bella. And maybe the baby now? Who knows? Does he know there's a baby now? He is psychic. No, he has to touch he people has to, touch to be people, psychic. But he also presumably has spies or something. he keeps sending those that... children places. Yeah, I don't know or care. So, Aaron. So, Kevin. So this episode, did you find yourself a Twilight moment? Did I find a Twilight moment? Did I find a moment where this movie disregarded all that normal people hold holy in the preference of, I guess, a metaphor? <laughs> There's a lot in this movie. I mean, you guys know how I feel about, like, taking medical leaps and, like, embracing science. So I guess I won't talk about that. Well, also, that's 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 not really a moment. That is that's a an entire storyline. Yeah, that's a thing that they did not want to induce birth early. You know what I'm gonna pick? Yeah, I'm gonna pick all of those disastrous speeches at the wedding. Why is Anna Kendrick giving a speech at the wedding? Did they just have an open mic speech time? I guess so. Because if Alice cares that much about the wedding, that is a poorly planned <laughs> wedding, Alice. Yeah, you cannot just have an open mic. And then Esme, or sorry, not Esme, then Renee sings a song, and <laughs> Bella and Edward laugh at her. Well, well, no, well, I don't think they're laughing. Which is la- cruel. I don't think they're laughing at her. I think, I think, weirdly enough, so there's a lot of awkward things going on there. Jess tries to make a joke about how Edward didn't go bad with her. Um, Charlie makes a joke about how he will murder Edward. But, but then, then Renee goes up there. Um, and just like, and just sings a song, but it seems to be the thing that went over the, the, the best. But Edward and Bella are definitely laughing at her. Like, oh, my mom's so embarrassing. I, I, I thought they were laughing because they're like, because like those sort of like, oh, how sweet she is singing us a song in front (laughs) of everyone, which just goes to show a lot of like the writer's ideas of what is, what is cool at a wedding. You know, I don't think Kristen Stewart is a bad person. And I don't know that she's a bad actor. I liked her in Adventureland. Yeah. But whatever is happening in all of these movies, her inability to communicate any of Bella's thoughts on her face makes me want to never watch these movies again. Like, I have no idea what Bella is thinking at any time. (laughs) Well, the thing is, I can't tell if it's because... 
um, because Chris Stewart just like gave up on which to be fair we all we know we know she gave they up all on these gave movies. up on these movies um, or if she was directed poorly and we're just told oh no you just look just look don't give too much. And we'll just, the camera will tell what you're doing. Because the camera's not telling me anything. There's no voiceover, so I have none of her thoughts. It feels like they're trying to really do, because here's the thing about Bella in the books. She's written as the blankest blank slate for every person who's reading it to essentially project themselves onto. And I think they tried to just do that in the movie as well, but it doesn't work as well from a movie's perspective. The only person I care about in these movies is like a third of Jacob. Like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, you should be happy. A third of Jacob, right below the chin and above the jorts. And I just, like, Bella is happy when she's with him. I don't know how anyone could ever be Team Edward. I don't think I'm Team Jacob either. I think I'm Team Emmett hanging out with his dogs. (laughs) Yeah, and not only that, the love triangle really is not a love triangle. No. Watching all of these films... So close together. Yeah, you really get, like... There actually is not, like... like, New Moon didn't really have it. There's no triangle. At no point does she ever consider Jacob to be a viable option. Only when Edward's not around, which more of just kind of... It's really cruel. Yeah. Anyway, did you find a Twilight moment? I did. And it's gotta be that housekeeper... The, oh, the, yeah. the random house, because she just walks in and, and, the, and they're like, oh, she thinks I'm a blood sucker. She's a native of this island, <laughs> this area, and she has legends of blood sucking demons. And then brings her in later to just like shout about how you killed her, death, rah, rah, and it doesn't really mean anything. And you know what's weird? The part where Jacob's like, oh, she thinks I'm a blood, or Edward is like, oh, <laughs> she thinks I'm a blood sucker, is actually one of the cutest couple moments between Edward and Bella. And it's weirdly cruel towards <laughs> this woman. <laughs> who's just worried about a human who's been taken to a fancy island. Well, also, it makes me wonder, so I guess she must suspect that Carlisle's that, or has Edward gone to this island a lot? Maybe. This seems like a very romantic <laughs> island and not like a bring your family vacation island. And like Carmile, Carlisle and Esme are literally the best people who have ever lived. Yeah. Like there's this whole scene where Esme is just like bringing sandwiches to the good wolves. It's just, it seems to imply that she has like, and the word I'm going to use is ethnic magic powers. Mm. Like, that really seems to be what they're... Impl- There's no reason for him to be like, hey, you have legends in your people. What do you... I'm like, you are literally a vampire. Why are you asking her? Like, you her? not have your own legends, Edward. Like, maybe email your friends. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? In, like, Mexico and... Alaska and ask them if they know about any babies being born. Like, it's so weird for him to immediately like there's no there's nothing in in a panicked mind that he would be like, Oh, I'll ask this random person and be like, Hey, you're from South America. Maybe you know why my <laughs> wife is pregnant. I know I'm literally a vampire. It's not <laughs> good and it makes no sense and adds nothing to the film unless if you have to imagine that they like if if the writer's assumption is that, oh, well, the audience will automatically be on the side of the baby because it's a baby. We have to put in a little bit of danger onto it by having this woman say it's dangerous. I'm like... But it seems dangerous because <laughs> no one knows anything about it vampire seems, it babies. It seems dangerous right from the fact when they're like, this is impossible, this shouldn't. This is impossible, this can't happen, and it's rapidly growing. You know what I would love 
for someone to make the argument like this is impossible this is why we shouldn't destroy it we should figure out what this is this could be happening anywhere we need to know what's going on there are definitely ways you could play this as like going either direction because obviously like horror movie stuff you'd be like i mean this is something growing inside someone that could potentially be dangerous Uh, going the other side you could go from that route the problem is that it seems like they really wanted to hit this being like, oh, no, but it's a real-world metaphor that they didn't want to bring in all that other stuff. But it's a real-world metaphor that doesn't work within the mythology you are doing. And the problem that I have, and I think this has been very clear throughout this podcast, is if I'm supposed to be on board with Edward and Bella, mm-hmm. which I am, I'm supposed to think that they have a storybook romance, that they are meant to be together – to not show them having a single conversation about anything, let alone a conversation right after they got married with a surprise pregnancy. Mm-hmm. A com- like, it takes him two to four weeks to talk to her about it. I'm sorry. If I'm supposed to be on board with them, I need to see that earlier. Yeah. It, it, I don't need the drama between them. There's enough drama if Ed, if Jacob's not on board, if Bella refuses to be turned, if her family has emotions, if she has to lie to Charlie, if there's a vampire baby growing inside her and they don't know what that means. Yeah. That's enough drama. I don't need something between Edward and Bella. Because the only the only thing the only we the only ones we really get on the pro let's have the baby side are Bella who we kind of get proven is not as connected to the baby as she thinks she is because mm-hmm. she doesn't know the sex of the baby um and Rosalie who's only like ever she, she if she gave that we don't know what this is let's see what happens or anything like that the only thing she ever seems to give is it is a baby I would love Carlisle to be on the side of being like you know what we I'm a doctor yeah, I can't just cut it out of her. Well, especially how it would grow so fast. He could even yeah. just, he could even just be like, like we do not know how this thing progresses. Like it's, I, I we I could be doing more harm. Yeah, and and I honestly also think it should not be have been so draining on Bella when it just full on snaps her spine in half and collapses her ribs, and they're they're not portraying it like a baby. If they want this to be a a message on abortion or pro life. Why is the baby... Destroying Why her. is the baby cancer? You're not treating it like a baby. You're treating it like cancer. And we excise tumors. And it's okay if it takes a lot of her life force, if it needs blood, if it's making her tired. What, what it should have been is once, once they learned how to manage it, it should have been fine. Yes. It should have been like, oh, it needed this thing and we gave... And now that it has it, it's actually a fine thing. It's just we were trying to control it and what it is... Versus... We weren't understanding it. Now we understand it. Instead, even as she's giving it what it wants, it snaps her spine in half. And, like, wouldn't it be better if the wolves are so afraid, they don't understand, they want to kill Bella, they want to kill it, but the vampires are figuring it out. They're managing it. Like, that's that's a story. (laughs) Yeah, instead of this weird one where you very clearly had politics you really wanted to get in there. And also, it's a horror movie, I guess. It's not that scary. (laughs) Yeah. We hope you guys liked some Twilight. If you like Twilight or don't like it or, you know, have other thoughts about how the storyline could be done better, please tell us on the social media. It's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at Gmail at Instagram, and uh, over on Twitter. Also, please give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, 
Stitcher, I don't know, your podcaster of choice. Hit us up. Please make sure people know about us because Riverdale is coming back so, so soon. And we need those listeners. We'll see you next week. What will Vampire Bella be like? What do the Volturi want? Will Charlie be able to make it to his anniversary with Sue Clearwater on time? Answers all this more on the next episode of Mystery Osiris and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? Thank you.